Death Day to you, 2019. Tagline, death makes a killer comeback. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Also, same day, new killer. That one's not Not, bad, but the other one's better. Oh, definitely. Same director, uh, written by Christopher Landon this time, based on characters by Scott Lobdell. Like he didn't, he, he didn't come back to write it, but Christopher Landon had a good enough idea of the characters and what was going on that he just wrote it himself. Uh, music again by Bear McCreary, uh, so they kept pretty much everybody the same. Uh, made this one was double the budget, nine million. Still not a lot for a, for a movie mm. uh, nowadays, especially yeah. with all the Marvel stuff. It only it made half of the budget of the first movie though. This is the problem: sixty four point six million U.S. dollars. It made money, and but because it wasn't as big of a uh, you know seller as what the first one was, Universal got cold feet, and that's why we've not seen a third one. Boo! Yep, it fucking sucks. Because uh, they set up a really cool like third movie at the end of uh, part two. Whenever you get there, you'll see what I'm talking about. Stay after the credits. Okay. Or, or at least the, the the first credits that roll. I think it's right after that's wherever they show it, maybe. If, okay. But the last scene in the movie that you should be seeing is Danielle in a bed screaming. That's that's where, you know, and so it go, and that's the official end. Fuck. Uh, principal players. Same people again. We don't, this is going to be short. Jessica Roth, final girl again, that fine vagina uh, playing tree. Uh, we have Rob Mello again playing John Toombs, uh, uh, the mascot killer. Charles Aitken. Now, this is the switch up for this movie, and this is a, this is a spoiler for you, uh, La Urena. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charles Aitken, Dr. Gregory Butler, uh, is one of the killers in the movie. <gasps> Yay, because I thought he was a killer in the first one. There's that whole scene where he appears so creepily in that room behind Carter. They redo that in this movie, but in this time, he is one of the killers. Fuck yeah. Um, In this movie, he's been having an affair with Lori instead of Tree, because in the the reality that Tree finds herself in, because that's all just this movie is, um, and we'll get into it in the story, but Tree actually skips over to a parallel universe. Yeah. And in this one, her mother was fine, so Tree never spiraled. She never had that. She still was friends with Danielle, which made no sense to me. But Danielle's a better person in this movie, so maybe Danielle's better because Tree was a better like role model for her? I don't know. But anyways, uh, Lori, because Dr. Gregory Butler was never having an affair with Tree, got to have the love affair that she wanted with Dr. Butler and uh, decided she was going to call it off pissing or actually uh what it, it, she was caught which caused uh dr butler to uh have his wife separate from him Ooh. and that was his reason for killing her but plot twist his wife's in on it in this movie laura clifton Whoa. is now in this movie as stephanie she was in the first movie but i'm you know actually putting her in on this one as stephanie butler uh she's seemingly estranged from him but whenever he reveals that he's a killer she pops up and she's his co-killer in the movie. Fucking so women got... be wild over these men. <laughs> and um, 
I'm not going to reveal. There's a twist on that too, but okay. like, but that's but you you can figure that one out when you watch the movie. I'll report back next episode because I promise you this is getting watched finished. Excuse me, as soon as we're done here. Uh, you're, so let's you're wrap this up. It. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, Israel Broussard is back as Carter Davis. Uh, two versions of him. Uh, Dimension 1, who is the boyfriend of Tree, and uh, Dimension 2, his boyfriend of Danielle. Which is got to suck because if Danielle's a nicer person and technically, uh, what's her name, is happy. Tree's happy with her mom. Well, not with her mom, but like her mom's alive. That is rough. But here's the question. Why was Tree in Car- Dimension 2 Tree in Carter's bedroom why did he bring her back? Even if he didn't, even if he didn't sleep with her, which he didn't in Dimension Two, just yeah. like in Dimension One, there's more to the reason why he brought her back to the room than just the fact that it's like, oh, you're friends with my girlfriend, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. Um, and also Danielle is not necessarily the best girlfriend. Okay. She's a hoe. So you'll see that whenever that, I mean, actually, it's going to be spoiled in the quotes when I okay. get down to it because I had to put it in this. Hell for show. Okay, got it. Uh, uh, Fivu or whatever his name is, Ryan Fan again, uh, Carter's roommate, but his whole role is expanding this movie because he's actually the lead designer of a product or of a device called Sissy, which is a trans dimensional time and space manipulation unit. Yeah. He, he is the reason why. Uh, tree was stuck in the time loop in the first movie. <gasps> that bitch. They address it in this movie. It kind in a way it ruins the first movie because Aww. you think you, you think in a, on a karmic level, karma slapped tree and tried to make her a better person. This movie, it was just a scientific experiment gone wrong that happened to target her. I mean, I'll allow it. She brings it up. That's the thing I love about this movie. She brings it up. She's like, so I went through all that just because of some fucking lousy science experiment. Carter, being the person that he is, he's always the the, the moral linchpin for, for Tree, looks at her and says, well, it might have been because of science, but you grew as a person, so it doesn't really matter what caused it. It, you know, you... you you uh it made you a better person so yeah. quit it was being a, good a bitch thing. bitch <laughs> uh saraj sharma is new in this movie playing samar ghosh who is um uh, ryan's science partner and friend in the movie uh helped make the sissy unit and then sarah yarkin rounds out the little trio of scientists uh, she plays andrea dre morgan uh who and um so Siraj was in Life of Pi and How I Met Your Mother, at least 24 episodes of it. Wow. Sarah Sarah Yarkin is not one of our favorite people, though, however. Uh, she's all right in this movie, but she was the lead actress in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Netflix movie that we both resoundly hated. So there you go. She also kind of resembles Pat. She does. Which we don't know. Is it a guy? Is it a girl? I mean, technically, well, wasn't that the whole thing in the Texas Chainsaw movie? Was that she could have been a trans character? Like, wasn't that the whole like gist of that movie? Like, remember, I, mean, I slept watch that. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. go back and rewatch it. I'm just saying. Uh, Jason Bale is back as David Gelbman. Uh, this is Dimension Two Tree's father. Um, he's not broken uh, emotionally like he was in oh. Tree's actual. Because his wife's still around, you know. Okay. So that's going to change things. Uh, Missy Yeager is actually playing Julie Gelbman, which is, you know, Dimension 2 Tree's living mother. Uh, Ruby Modine comes back as Lori Spangler, but Dimension 2 is actually a good and decent person. 
Okay. Because her tree wasn't a bitch and didn't cause her to go on a psychopathic turn. So in this reality, she's actually a caring roommate that is actually, you know, that tree. It's good. I love this movie because this gives tree the ability to emotionally uh, forgive and to get closure from uh, Lori that she cannot ever do in her her dimension now yes. because of all the things that happened. She's basically able to make the friend with Lori that she tried to make in the first movie, but they she it was beyond the point that she could. It was defend herself or die. Uh, this this Lori's not went that path, so she's still you know yeah. Uh, uh, reasonable as it were uh caleb spilliard's back as tim bauer um and in dimension one at least it shows him with his uh boyfriend he is fully out now and he's appreciative of the fact that tree you know let him become the man that he always wanted to be happy pride (laughs) uh blaine kern the third is back as nick sims um spoiler he is dimension two daniel's side piece so even though Dimension Two Danielle is dating Carter, she's been fucking Nick too Ooh. in this in Dimension Two. Look, the heart wants what it wants, and apparently that heart wants Nick because in multiple in, dynamic, in dimensions. every dimension, yeah. Yes. Uh, Rachel Matthews uh, plays uh, uh, Danielle again, <clears throat> and in Dimension Two, she is Tree's friend. I say still say it in quotations marks, but it's more likely in this one because they don't have as contentious of a relationship. Okay. Uh, she is Carter's girlfriend, uh, at least in public, and she's a drama major, which is a major twist for her character oh, because yeah. she's a drama nerd in the second Oh, God. Uh, Those are the worst. <laughs> yeah, she's just as ditzy, but now she, uh, uh, she because she's an actress, it's okay. You know? Oh, okay. Um, Jimmy Gonzalez is back as the police officer that continually <coughs> is killed by tombs. And uh, Donna Duplantier is playing the hospital receptionist again. All right. So we got the, the whole gang's back. We got the band <clears throat> back together. They got everybody back for this movie yeah. and picked up a few more in addition. Okay. Uh, synopsis <clears throat> picking up days uh, or picking up the day after trees time loop ended. It seems that now Ryan is stuck in a time loop on, of his own. When he tells tree and Carter about what is happening, they agree to help him only to find out that the cause of everyone's problems is a time space manipulation, uh, student project designed by Ryan. Through a mishap trying to clean up the space time anomalies tree is once again caught in a time loop, but this time in a parallel dimension. Will Tree give up her previous life to take the place for alternate uh, dimension double, a double that still has both her mother and father? Uh, can she give up the relationship she built with Carter and live a reality where Danielle is dating him? And will Ryan stop being a dumbass? This time, it's kind of like Back to the Future Part 2. And they make a point in saying that. And there's actually a scene in the movie that's almost a direct Back to the Future reference, uh, Part 2 reference. Um there's a scene at the end of Back to the Future Part Two, where Marty's trying. He's dressed up in that 1950s gear, the leather jacket, yeah. the hat, and he's and he's telling uh, Biff, and he's trying to get the copy of Ooh La La. The funny thing in this movie is they do a weird like take on it. They have Danielle playing a French. Uh, foreign exchange student, so that gets the ooh-la-la portion of it. She is distracting the uh, the dean of the science department, 
with her Frenchness, and and in the movie Back to Future Part Two, uh, uh, the the actual uh, principal of the school is like reading Ooh La La at the time in the office when Marty's trying to get the the book back, and. Anyways, everybody's trying to go in there and get the sissy device back while Danielle's doing the distraction. It almost plays out like a weird Back to the Future Part Two, like you know, uh, twist or whatever. It, yeah. they they did it pretty well. Why does it feel like the sissy is a space time continuum <laughs> of sorts? I mean, it's not handheld, you know, and it's not being uh, <clears throat> protected by a bunch of space alien sex kittens, but <laughs> yeah, um. We're getting when we talked about the visuals. I really like the visual effect they do whenever that thing gets activated because, like, time it's almost like time slows down to a near stop, you yeah. know, before it, like, you know, completely finishes out. Uh, body count on this one is 20 again. Ooh, respectable. We love it. Ryan is stabbed in the chest with a knife by himself <laughs> from another dimension. That okay. Is. Uh, police officer uh, is stabbed at least two times in the chest. Uh, Lori is stabbed in the gut with a knife. Owie. Uh, Tree, the first time, is uh, uh, falls to her death from the hospital roof. Second time, she's electrocuted via... And all these deaths are her killing herself, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Fell to death from a hospital roof. Uh, Second time, electrocuted via a blow dryer in a bathtub. Uh, third time, she ingests drain cleaning chemicals in a, uh, a department store. That is hilarious. Uh, the old man that sees her doing it is very traumatized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you, did you see all those parts where she's killing herself? Did I, you get up to that point? I don't think so yet. I don't think I'm there. Okay, that that's the best part of the movie. Uh, fourth time, she falls into uh, onto concrete from a plane. Jesus. That's, that's my favorite one in the movie. She... She has to die because the gist of the movie is is that there is a formula that all of the rest of the, uh, the nerds are trying to figure out in Dimension 2 to stabilize the unit so that they can either, you know, keep the effect or they can, like, re, you know, uh, switch a, a tree back to her original reality. But they don't have... Since the day's repeating, they will never have the the uh, the actual equation they need to finish this out. So Tree has to become a living document, meaning that she has to memorize every failed equation every time she dies and then tell them what didn't work so they can figure out what the next one is that might work. Yeah, I was wondering. And, I was like, they're not going to be able to remember because it's going to restart. And so she has to do it. Wonderful. And, Let's let the blonde white girl figure it out. Yeah. And so she has to memorize this stuff while, and, and she's like, well, am I just supposed to wait until I'm killed every night? And they're like, no, just kill yourself every yeah. day. So she goes through this, this montage of just her killing herself while uh, Paramore's Hard Times is playing in the background. It's oh. a perfect song for that scene. Perfect song for that scene. Oh my God. Okay. So wait a second. <laughs> How are these deaths taking a toll on her body? Are they? They are. She's getting weaker, but she has to do it. That's okay. her only option. Okay. Um, and at this point in the movie, she's doing it so they can stabilize it and keep her in Dimension 2 with her mother. She's kind of, at this point, thinking, you know, I like what I have with Carter, but I've got my mom. And my mom, you know, yeah. that's my world. So, um, but the scene where she falls in the concrete is the best one in the movie because she keeps seeing this. She keeps spying on this scene between Carter and Danielle where they're sitting on a park bench and they're smooching. 
and it's driving her nuts because that's her Carter. You yeah. Know, it's not in that, but it, it, it you know, it, that's how she feels. So she gets this idea. She sees like on a, like a little thing on campus, like bulletin board, like skydiving, you know, uh, training or whatever. She picks the moment when that this when they're skydiving right over the college to jump out of the plane without a parachute in a bikini, uh, a very skimpy bikini, by the way. And she just leaps out like all happy. And the guy's just like, what the fuck just happened? And when she lands, she lands right in front of them. And I love what she does. Like she turns toward the camera and looks at the audience and flips double birds, smiling the entire way. And when she explodes, her guts and everything fly right on the Danielle and Carter. And they just like flip the fuck out. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Just so we're clear on this. If she was skydiving out of a plane with a skimpy bikini, that thing would have flew right off of her. Well, in the logic of the movie, it didn't, and uh, she makes sure that you see her goods, at least a good amount of cleavage, when she faces the screen. Cleavage and her innards. Yes, all over Carter and Danielle. Yes. Uh, I just love how bitchy and petty it is that she yeah. did that. She she planned it to the nth degree just so that she would fall right in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she dives head right after this. She dives head first into a tree chipper, which is Ooh. hilarious because her name's Tree and yes. she's chip. So, uh, and 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 this is a funny part of the movie. It says Biff's tree service, as in Biff Tannen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> look for that when you see the but it says it right on it says biffs oh my god uh, uh six times she dies she falls from the top of the bell tower uh that particular time is the best transition in both films i'll get to that in a sec when we cover that and then uh this then Lori dies for a second time she's found stabbed in the chest in the hospital john tombs is shot twice by tree and dies uh <laughs> Tree dies a seventh time when she's blown up in an explosion. This time, she initiates the explosion for a good reason. Uh, the the baby face killer is blown up in an explosion. Uh, well, actually, no, this is a different one I'm thinking of. Never mind. She dies in the hospital. She shoots uh, Tombs twice in the hospital. Then another killer shows up, and she's about to get killed, and so she sees, like, an oxygen tank. She shoots it and blows up both her and the baby face at the same time. Okay. To take them both out. Lori dies a third time, uh, but this is only reported on TV because Tree is kind of like uh, moved away from the hospital setting, uh, and and then you know because she thinks that she is she she's at the point in the movie where she's not really trying to solve Lori's death; she's okay. just trying to like cement the you know the equation. But it weighs on her when she sees it because she's like, "Fuck!" I mean, because not only does Lori die in the hospital that time. Carter does too because oh. he, because she told him that something was going to happen in the hospital. He plays the hero like he did in the first film, and he dies. And then she feels bad about what she did, so she restarts you know the loop again. Yeah, you know, uh, the police officer dies a second time in this scenario where it's reported on TV. Uh, this is where Tree to save Carter from being some because. Ryan and the rest of the nerves at this point in time have got the equation. They know how they know exactly what they've got to do to, to activate it. They're in the process of activating it and they're going to cement the timeline period. Like, but Carter's dead, Lori's dead. Uh, and it's all because Trey didn't go to the hospital. She let them go down their own. So her only option, because she's out with her parents in like the countryside is they pass by 
a uh, electrical substation that feeds like the the school like it's power she has to drive into the substation and blow it up so that the electricity cuts off right before that sissy unit okay finalizes the time yeah. so she she kills herself this time for you know to save others basically and then after that she kills tombs a second time whenever she shoots him twice uh, that's when uh, Dr. Butler reveals that he's a killer and so is his wife because Stephanie Butler comes in and um, and uh, Greg is, uh, and actually, Lori is shot at this point by Stephanie. Okay. She reveals that she, both of them, she's like, that bitch tried to take my man away from me. Nobody's going to do that. Then Gregory Butler looks at her and, and shoots her shoots his own wife because he's he's like the uh, I want a divorce is what he says right after oh he, he shoots her, and then he chases uh, probably one of the best deaths in the movies both of them he chases but it's logical too he chases a tree into a room with an MRI machine that's not on even though they're they're always on but like it's not on uh, he's getting ready to stab her she's got like a little like a uh, screwdriver is the only thing she could find to help to to you know kind of defend herself with she hits the button activates the mri he gets trapped against the mri and it with his knife like there to the side or the gun or whatever he has in his hand and she just lets the she kind of aims the screwdriver to where it'll impel him <laughs> in the heart when she lets it go and it like flies toward him and kills him so fucking awesome yeah, it's a pretty good death, and then uh, then that's the final death in the movie, and then Tree finally just goes to him the next day and says, listen, uh, she has a whole loop after that, but she's like, basically, she's like, uh, here's the, she goes to him super early, she's like, here's the equation, uh, they say it'll be a few hours, the dean comes in, takes the unit, and then they have to have the breakout of the unit, and that's how the movie kind of ends. They get it, uh, and she gets sent back to her, you know, Carter and her reality at that point. Aww. Without her mama. Without her mama. But she has, in that final day, she does take the time while, uh, after she tells them to activate the unit and they're working on it, she goes in and has a heart that, you know how she has the heartfelt moment with her dad in the first movie? She goes to her mom and says, um, you know, I love you. And she has basically a whole line that's like, I miss you. How how did you do this? And like her mom has like the, the, the heartfelt moment that she needs to have closure, basically. Okay. Aww. And it's really well done. It, it is. I'm so. going to cry. <laughs> uh, quotes in this movie. Uh, Tree to Ryan. Now you're stuck in this day. Congrats. Oh, and by the way, you're going to die again and again and again. And it's then Ryan true. cringes. Uh, Carter, tell your girlfriend to stop trying to scare me. And then he's like, uh, oh, she's not my girlfriend. And then Tree gives Carter an offended look. And he's like, well, wait, are you my girlfriend? And then Tree remembers that from Carter's perspective, they've only really known each other for one fucking day. Oh, yeah. She's lived a bunch of days with him. And she's she kind of lightens up. She's like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We've had 50 first dates. You don't remember? <laughs> I like that scene because it, I mean, it really, I mean, the way that Jessica Roth acts, it is really well done because she just lightens up and she's like, that's right. He doesn't know. Like yeah. I do, but he doesn't. Um, Ryan fan. Will someone please explain what the hell is going on? And in tree, uh, size and just recaps the entire first movie. She's like, okay, recap. So I was stuck reliving the same day, Monday the 19th over and over again. until someone wearing a Bayfield baby mask murdered me on the night of my birthday. I had no idea who it was because I was such a crazy bitch. And so many people hated my guts. So at Carter's suggestion, I made a list of suspects. Turns out it was my roommate, Lori, who kept on uh, helping a serial killer escape from the hospital, hoping it would look like he murdered me. When in fact it was her all along and all because she was jealous 
Joseph and Affair, I was having my college professor, Gregory, who was married. Yeah, I know. Pretty shitty. But anyways, I finally kicked Lori's crazy ass of a window and killed her, which broke the loop or so I thought. But now it only looks like it passed the loop on you. And you're going to be stuck reliving this day until we figure out how to stop it. That is like the perfect summation of the first movie. Yeah, and the best part is is that you got to see scenes of the movie happening, clips of the movie while she's doing this explanation. Yeah, it was it was really well Which, done. Which for the people who went to go see this movie and it didn't make it, if you had not seen the first movie or if you had seen the first movie and this is you're watching the second one but it's been 2 years, uh, fuck you. That was a perfect recap of what happened. Yeah, it, I don't, I didn't have, I mean, I watched both of these at the theater, and whenever I watched this, I was like, I had no problem. I mean, yes, I did watch the first one again right before watching the second one, because who doesn't do that if you're going to watch a sequel, but I whatever. But, um, but still, I was watching, and I was just like, I have no problem. I don't know why, they explained everything. That's all you need to know. I mean, they, yeah. they summed it up. Uh, Danielle, uh in dimension two um i'm auditioning for this year's production of the miracle worker did you know Anne frank was blind and deaf and then carter's like uh helen keller and she's like excuse me he's like Anne frank was in the attic and she's like oh whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i just love how stupid she's even though she's this like self-important like you know uh, uh drama student she's still stupid as fuck in this reality yeah. so like she didn't change whatsoever uh, tree to Gregory, once a douchebag, always a douchebag. That's what she says whenever she realizes that he's now sleeping with Lori instead yeah. of like sleeping with her, you know, in this reality. Um, also about this doctor, uh, in the first movie, I'm kind of glad they brought his wife back because in the first movie, she fucking knew what was going on. And I think that actress did a great job kind of expressing, I know what the fuck is going on. And also the hurt on her face. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like everybody in these movies, like I mean, they they sell the story with just their looks. Yeah, like, they don't have to say anything. Um, <clears throat> but in that scene, especially, you're right when she walks in on the two of them in the office after uh, uh, Tree has like shoved her tongue down like yeah. you know, Gregor's throat. Like she looks and she's like, yeah, student. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Also, who <laughs> just randomly goes to a hospital to see their husband, who's this? level of a doctor like mm, i mean i guess it's for the movie I, but well but maybe they were going to meet for like lunch or something but i mean he should have if they were he should have known yeah like, i mean that, that's weird uh <clears throat> tree it's good to see you Lori chuckles puzzled what it's good to see you too tree this is dimension two Lori, by the way uh, while Tree fumbles for her words, something catches Lori's attention and her smile fades. Tree follows her gaze and sees Gregor leaning on his car, looks annoyed. Lori sighs sadly and lowers her eyes. Tree Gelbman, he's not worth it. I mean, trust me, I've been involved with a married guy, married guy. I know what it's like living a double life, always feeling like shit about yourself, but it's never too late to change. Someone's t someone once told me that every day is a chance to be someone better. Maybe this is your day. And then Lori listens to Tree intently and then smiles. Okay, thank you. And then they, they hug each other. I love this scene because, like I said, it's the two of them getting the chance to have a moment that they never got in the first dimension. Yeah. It's Tree also throwing in there, uh, just showing you how much more she appreciates Carter. Someone once told me that every day is a chance to be with someone better. That's Carter's line that he told to her. Yeah. And it also shows her growth because, like, she, you know, she's talking about how she was involved with a married man and she just felt like shit because of it. Like, there's so much layered into that conversation. Oh, yeah. 
that's the writing in this movie is very well uh, these movies in plural is very well done uh tree gelbman hey um look danielle i feel really bad I, this is the scene i was telling you about i i've totally been misjudging you and it's completely on me i'm so sorry i've like made this suddenly nick comes out of the bathroom where it's only a towel and he smiles nice three-way <laughs> Tree realizes that Danielle cheats on Carter. She muses on that maybe Danielle is not so much better than the selfish bitch she is in the original dimension. Uh, Danielle embarrassed. He's kidding. And Nick's like, no, I'm not. Uh, Danielle's like, Nick's um, shower's broken. So he said, I, I, so I said uh, he could use mine, right, Nick? And uh, naturally, Tree does not believe this lame excuse. Nick is so stupid that he does not understand what Danielle meant. He looks puzzled. My shower's fine. Uh, Danielle gives Nick a murderous look, and then Tree's like, "Right, um, you know what? Never mind. Sorry for interrupting. Bye." Bye. And Sims, and then Sims uh, Nick says bye the same way back. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that I like this scene because she's trying to be the way with Danielle that she just has been with Lori. Yeah, but it, but this doesn't work out because Danielle's still a stupid cheating bitch yeah. that you know doesn't care. Trifling asshole. <laughs> in all realities. Uh, Danielle, oh bonjour. My name is Amelia Le Pew. <laughs> what the fuck? That's what she says to Amelia him. Amelia Le Pew. Uh, Dean Roger Bronson. Uh, oh, you must be the exchange program. Uh, be with the exchange program. Uh, Tree and Carter peer in the room through the window and the door. Danielle, oh, oui, oui, monsieur. May I, may I know your face? And uh, Dean Rogers, like, I'm sorry. And then Danielle feels Bronson's face very roughly if she was needing dough. Uh, and then he, the Dean uncomfortably, oh, oh my. And then Danielle's like, oh my, what strong features. <laughs> Dean Roger Bronson, thank you. You must be French. Your hand smells like cheese. Oh. This is my favorite line. Danielle's like, I don't eat cheese. I, um, and she says, she says in America, she's like, I don't eat cheese. I um, uh, lactose intolerance. And he's like, and he says, oh, quel dommage. Uh, but, he totally burns her in that scene because he says her hand smells like cheese and she goes shit over it. Like, Gross. I love it. <laughs> uh, and it's perfect because it's Danielle and we all hate her at this point. So, uh, visually, the second movie, you see where they increase the budget. That Those scenes yeah. with the sissy unit. Oh, yeah. The it's sissy. activated. It's like Matrix, like bullet time. It's It's great, you know. Uh, the rest of the movie is the same quality as the first movie as far as the visuals. They repeat the same. That same scene gets repeated in the second movie where she's walking across the quad. Like yeah. I said, it's one thing to do it in the same movie, but to bring the same, they brought the same extras back. That's fucking insane. Like That's two years later. Awesome. Could you imagine? That'd be a call. I'd be like, what the fuck? It's happening again. Everybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, that, that blows my mind. Like, yeah. I mean, they really devoted themselves to making it look like it's the same day. Just, you know. That's insane. Uh, we didn't talk about this. I'm going to throw in our visuals in the first movie. I love, and I've said this before, I love when Universal does, like, they take the movie and they, like, when they're doing the the Universal logo, they, they incorporate something from the movie into that logo. Yeah. They did that with both of these movies. The first one, they do the bell toll, and the, or actually, no, they start the universal, dun, 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 and then it like blips out, yes. and it comes back, and it keeps doing that, like, because it's on a repeat. Yes. The second movie, it splits into, like, I want to say at least six different Universal Studios all operating in, like, different dimensions or whatever. Like, did you notice that at the beginning of the second movie? I didn't, but now I'm like, fuck, I, like, 
I half ass want to rewatch it again because it, all I notice is the bell toll again in the, in the second one. It, it the universal symbol starts out and it splits in the two and then it splits in the four and it splits in the six. Like there's six of them all rotating and like the. the I didn't like notice a, that at all. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's bullshit. to symbolize the different dimensions. Um, the story in the second one is it's I mean it's just as good to me just as far as like the fact that you see even more development of Tree in this movie. She for, she gets to have the relationship with Lori. She has the scene with her mom that she needs to move on, yeah. like, period. Uh, her relationship with Carter is, even to mention to Carter, is you, you can tell the two of them were meant to be together because, like, yeah, he, he has a chemistry with her that he doesn't have with Danielle, even though he's dating Danielle in the second dimension. Yeah. Um. You've not got all the way through it, so I'll, I'll let you. I mean, I don't know if, if you can comment on the part that you got to in it, but I just I, I like what they did. I mean, it, it seems like it's a repeat of the first movie, and it is in a lot of cases, but, I mean, the fact that she goes through all that hell of, like, killing herself over and over again to perfect that, uh, only uh, thinking the entire time she's going to stay in the dimension, only to realize that, no, this this tree, because uh, she has a moment in the car when she's, when she's going to that, uh, with her mom and dad uh-huh. and they're getting ready to cement the timeline. Um, and that's the night that Carter and Lori all die in the hospital without her being around. She's on her way there and her mom asked her, she's like, uh, uh, what did you think about like so-and-so? And it was like, and it was an experience that only tree and dimension two had with her mom. Cause it was the previous year when her mom had been dead, you know, yeah. like her reality. And she sits there and she's like, this isn't my life. Like she has yeah. that moment, like that it dawns on her. She's like, this is not my mom. This, my mom's gone. This is yeah. the other tree's mom. And that's when she makes the decision. She's like, I can't take this away from her. And I'm, this isn't, I mean, I'm living a lie I can't really deal with this. So that's when she decides to, and, and it's, it's a really good moment. Like they do it really well, like to make her like have that switch that she wants to actually go back to her reality. Yeah. Um, Acting is great. Uh, I, I love that scene between her and her mom toward the end of the movie. It's really good. And then, like, the, I mean, the actress who plays Danielle gets to really stretch and, like, play that, that especially that French scene that she does. <laughs> she, she she shows her comedic side. It's pretty good. Yeah. So. Uh, music. Uh, that scene with Paramore is, like, one of the best, like, scored moments in a movie for me. Like, I mean, hard times. It actually got me to listen to that song because, like, I see that scene and, like, I, I just love it. Like, it's perfect because she's killing herself every day and, like, it's getting worse and worse on her. And the song is talking about, like, uh, you know, the, exactly that thing. It's like, and, and you talk about the transition where she doesn't really, like, have an appearance of how she died. The and that scene, those scenes she does a couple of times because when she fries herself in the uh, bathtub, when she wakes up the next morning, she has like an 80s hairdo from where it's like fried <laughs> and frazzled, you know, and like there's smoke coming off of yeah. it. Yeah. And she tells Carter, she's like, don't even ask. And yeah. then like uh, when she swallows the Drano, she wakes up the next morning and she, she grabs the water off and she can't drink enough water. Like it's like she's trying to flush it out of her system. Like it's still in there, like, you know, causing her to insides to burn or whatever. Ugh. Um. The best transition in both films, though, happens whenever she, uh, like, kills herself by jumping off the clock tower. She jumps off backwards, and it falls her slowly as she's falling toward the ground. But the ground opens up right when she's getting ready to hit, and she lands on the bed. Oh, that's sick. It's perfect. It's really good. Um, again, it goes back to the visuals. Really well done, this movie. Um, 
and then like i said that that musical score to it is just i mean the it, that that song fits that scene so yeah. i can't say any more about it um trivia for the movie uh for the scenes inside the university hospital the sets had to be rebuilt from scratch for this film as the actual hospital used in the first film had been gutted <gasps> but wow. they keep it looks exactly the same okay. i mean they make it look look good uh, like in the first film where Carter announces the story uh, bearing similarities to the plot of Groundhog Day, he establishes the similarities with the sequel's plot to Back to the Future Part 2. Uh, there are some small nods in the film, like the wood chipper being from Biff's tree removal, also a clock tower scene. Um, but like I said, it, it I love that then too because he asks her, he's like, Have you ever, he's like, This reminds me a lot of Back to the Future Part 2. Have you never seen that? And she's like, What are you talking about? And it's like, Come on. <laughs> You've had to see Back to Future Part Two. Everybody's seen that. I haven't. Um, <clears throat> I would, I would, I would believe you if you said that. Honestly, you should believe me. I'm telling you the truth. I, I don't think I've probably seen bits and pieces, or I have seen it and I don't remember uh, because I have was. You, have you saw any of those Back to Future movies? Yeah, definitely the first one. Okay. You, you and I've also part. seen Rick and Morty, so it's practically like I've watched mm, it. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. No. You need, you need to you I, I mean I love the whole trilogy I would say watch all of them but you need to watch part two it's it's I mean it, it's got a good use of like them going in that that movie set up the parallel dimension stuff yeah. for all future movies that's what it, it what it did and the funny thing is it took all of its inspiration for how it set up the parallel dimension from a way older film, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Like, I didn't even realize this till years later because I'd never seen It's a Wonderful Life until a few years ago. But the scene where um, uh, uh, Bailey, uh, who's the main character, whenever he, like, wishes that he was never born, when he goes into the alternate reality where he wasn't born, it's almost exactly like the messed up, you know, uh, Hill Valley from Back to the Future Part Two. Like, yeah. you can tell where they took the inspiration from. I definitely, there's a lot of movies I probably need to watch, and that's definitely <laughs> one of them. I have no excuse for not watching it. I bet you my kids have seen it and love it, you know? The funny and we go thing to Universal is, is... all the time, so we see, you know, uh, we we see the characters walking around and everything, so. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that the Flash movie, the new one, references Back to the Future in a weird way because when Flash goes into the alternate reality that he created whenever he, like, messed up the timeline, uh, Eric Stoltz ended up being Marty McFly in that reality oh instead of uh, Michael J. Fox. It's kind of neat. <laughs> uh, Christopher Landon announced plans for a third film as soon as production wrapped. Unfortunately, we, as I've discussed, it has not came to fruition just because Universal got cold feet after the movie only made half the original. It still made a profit. I, yeah. Like Universal's just been, you know, They've it's been like bitches well, about make, it. It's so like you didn't make 125 million again. It's like, but we made 64 million. Like, I mean, that's all we was on a $9 million budget. Like, and you, you, and they didn't advertise it. Like, I mean, you know, they, the whole thing with Disney is, they say that most of Disney's budget, like you could sit there and look at it and say, okay, this movie's made for two hundred million, but they put so much in the other advertising that the you add on at least that much more to what the cost of the movie was, so they have to make at least like four hundred million to break even. Universal didn't do that with this movie. I can tell you point blank, they did not advertise this movie. So they did not spend another $9 million advertising. So they still made a good chunk of money on this movie. Unlike a certain mermaid movie that can't seem to make its budget, can't meet its budget because they decided to (laughs) advertise so much for it and put just basically everything into their merchandise. And it's like, y'all, 
Damn. You know what they started resorting to do on that certain movie? Uh, calling Asian people racist because they're not going oh, to watch it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> those Koreans, those uh, Chinese, they're they're racist because they won't watch this movie we put out. And I was like, all right, that's what you're trying to say, Disney. Yeah. Uh, to save face. Um, but no, here's the thing: the plot that he's that I read this, the plot that he had planned for the third movie, if he ever gets it made, because he's got it written out is that it's going to be set in like a almost a post-apocalyptic setting. Oh! Like the, events of, the events of this movie, because Sissy gets taken at, I mean, in the final scenes, the government finds out about it. Yeah. And so the next movie is what if the government used it, and then it goes into like a post-apocalyptic scenario where Tree is like trying to save the world, not just herself or her friends, but the entire fucking world. Yeah. So I, I think that would be cool as fuck to see, you know? Yeah. But that's where it's at right now. Uh, tree shirt that says uh, "Fuck My Life" or FML on it in certain photos uh, promoting the film was changed to uh, OMG. Uh, in the, but in the movie, it's funny too. It's uh, another thing that goes back to shows Jessica Ross just like visual acting. Like she's so fed up with having to kill herself. She's sitting next to Ryan when he's like typing in the code to see if it works, and she's got the FML on her shirt, and she just pulls the shirt down and like you know looks down at it. it's like. Yeah, fuck my life right now. You know, just the look on her face, it's like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the initial worldwide release date was to be Valentine's Day. However, in the United States, due to a recent tragedy at, around that time in 2019, uh, the film's premiere was set to uh, the previous day on February 13th. Um, don't know why, but that, they changed it. Kind of funny, though, that the killer's got a baby face. And yeah. It's like the Valentine's movie I or whatever. I was thinking that. What would you think if okay? Because we got we got freaky as a as a scare house at Universal. What would you think if they tried to make this one out of it? Like I'm surprised they didn't do both of them at the same time. I was, I could have swore somebody said that they did Happy Death Day uh, down there at one point in time, and it probably and the way they did it. The way they did it, it wasn't very good because they kept showing the baby face killer doing the same fucking yeah. Kills. Um. There's a way you, I think you would have to dedicate a whole house to this to get the effect out of it. I mean, if you want to do the time loop stuff, you can't do like a half house like they yeah. always do a Blumhouse because then it would look like you're repeating the same scene like three times yeah. and then you're out the building. That That's lame. It yeah. really is. But if they had it to where it started out and then you saw the time loop and then you saw her like progressively like, you know, changing things. That could be pretty cool, but you'd have to have a lengthier house to get the effect out of it. Yeah. Um, hold on. Halloween. I'm trying to see. Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, it popped up. Um, I want to say they did it in like 27. Well, no, they couldn't have. It came out in 2017. So I want to say it came out in 2018, maybe. I mean, the cast visited Hollywood Horror Nights, so that's kind of that's kind of oh, Halloween Horror Nights. God, either way, tomato, potato. Um, <laughs> twenty eighteen. They talked. I don't know. I have to look deeper into it, but I don't know. And you got to remember, I just started going. So what? With the past two years? Yeah. Two years. Uh, I did talk the hubby into a weekend this year. As well in Los Angeles, we can't make it to um, we can't make it to Orlando yet. That's going to be for next year, he said. So okay, yeah, if we can uh, do that, I'm I'm hoping that some of the theories 
pan out as far as the uh, announcements go on HHN as a tangent, but they, they've been super slow about getting announcements out. And mm-hmm. the theory that some people have is that they've lost some major IPs and they're scrambling to get good ones to replace them. And it's, Considering it's only a few more months until it actually comes out, that kind of has me worried. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm planning on spending pretty, not big bucks, but like I'm trying to convince the hubby that let's get a season pass because that'll give us three days out there, but not just any season pass, the the platinum one, the one that gives you uh, express. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, it won't, but it does give you free, one free per pass. HHN ticket, so we'll get one of those. But at that point, we'd still have to pay for Express because there's no way we'd make it through a night, especially since we're planning on going Friday the 13th. Yeah, so, that's going to be tough. Yeah, so we'd still have to get Express. Um, And then there is one night that I still want to do VIP. So I've th- that that's a lot of money, especially in California. In, in, in Orlando, it'd be a little bit more affordable. I'd be able to push a, that a little bit. A little bit, but it's, yeah. uh, they still, for like the RIP tour, they still like yeah. do, uh, I mean, it's, I think, I want to say it's like 300 per person at least for that tour. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Cause and it depends on the night too, because I paid just under 1600 for four people, so that's $400 a person. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense if it's later on in the season, Saturday night, something like that, yeah. or Friday night. It was actually a Thursday more. night. Well, then you yeah. got cheap because it would have been more expensive if you would have won exactly. on the Exactly. I just know that the Platinum Pass, I guess you get discounts, too, on HHN. So I'm hoping you – it specifically says you get discounts, uh, discounted tickets, um, but I don't know if you get discounted RIP. So mm, we'll find out. Stay tuned for that episode. <laughs> Uh, Death Holler Awards for this movie. Uh, Final Girl Tree. Uh, I mean, she just gets better from the first movie, so she cements, yeah, you know how good she is. Uh, Tombs plays the same role. He's base. He's basically the throwaway killer in this movie. Uh, Butler and uh, Doctor Gregory Butler and his wife Stephanie are the kind of surprise ones toward the end of the movie that kind of come out of nowhere. Well, damn it! <clears throat> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, best death is uh, tree skydiving just to ruin uh, Dimension 2 Danielle's smooch session with Dimension 2 Carter. Uh, m- m- very shortly followed by that tree thresher scene that's right after it. Because, I mean, those guys are standing around like just, you know, like getting ready to throw another tree in there. And tree, you know, the person yeah. just r- comes running down the street with a psycho look on her face and jumps head first in there. I'm sorry, what you kind know, of bullshit fucking name is tree? I'm sorry. Like when I heard tree in the first movie, I was thinking tree like T-R-I, like maybe her name was Trinity or something like that. No, it's fucking tree. I feel like it's probably like Triana, but like, or something that's longer. Triana. It's a tree or something. I mean, it's not how it was put in the, not the script, but the, you know, casting and everything. And it's Oh, like, I know. Yeah. I want to call her tree trunks. <laughs> uh, best scream is tree in frustration as she's going crazy from the situation. Like, I mean, it's not like a scream. It, it's just like, literally, like if you can imagine somebody's just fed, I mean, they're yeah, so fed up. A frustrated it, grunt yeah. scream. Uh, best transition, like I said, is from a death to Carter's bedroom is when she falls from the clock tower back where it's like, it's just like she wraps her arms around herself and then like the ground opens up She's and she just falls softly on the bed and then yeah. wakes back up the next morning. 
uh, the best tree bitch face is the face that she gives to mention to Ryan when he when she finds out that the time loop has came back to her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her for that. Yeah, she just got through this shit, and he's the cause of it. Yeah. Uh, best tree reaction is flipping the birds to the audience before hitting the ground. Plus the bikini. Was you you would nice say too. that, you whore. <laughs> Uh, best side character is Danielle. She actually okay. is. She's hilarious in this movie. She made it. Yeah. Uh, Franklin Award goes to Ryan because he's an uh, annoying bitch in this movie. And But the funny thing is he's the Doom Prophet in this fucking movie because he's the one that's got the time loop going on and starts everything. Yeah. Out. And he is kind of annoying. Yes. Um, he's not crazy Ralph annoying, but he's annoying. Yeah. Uh, dumbest moment is when Carter, this is a meta moment, uh, and I'm throwing it because the rest of the, the tree has learned enough of this movie. She doesn't have a dumb moment. Uh, this is a meta dumb moment. Carter mentions at the beginning whenever tree or right in the, the actually in dimension one that, uh, that the person chasing down Ryan cannot be tombs or a Lori because they died. That's wrong because the way that the first movie ends is that Lori is pushed out the window. Tombs is never involved in the story. Yeah. That That, that's a mistake. Yes. He died a time, but not died. died. Not that, not the final day that they lived out. The only thing in my head canon that makes this work is maybe when Tombs was in the hospital later that evening, whenever he was going through surgery, he died on the, the operating table. That's it. That's yeah. the only way he could be dead. But that's not the way that Carter means that he's dead, that they took him out. They yeah. Did. So kind of a little bit of a goof there, but, you know, they they had so many other things they kept, you know, perfectly between the movies that, yeah. you know, you. I mean, I, I'll forgive them that to an certain yeah, extent. Yeah, it wasn't one thing after another. So, well, like I said, we'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> Um, I really hope they make a trilogy, though. They finish the trilogy out. I really want to see this character come back and finish out what they've started with her. Given how uh, much I, I loved I, the first one and that I rolled right into the second one, ready to fucking rock and roll, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you. I was like, I'm, I'm going to want a trilogy, especially the way you described to me how it ends. Yeah, I, I can't wait for you to see the rest of the movie. You can tell me in text uh, later on in the chat what yeah. you think whenever you watch it. Um. Plugs, I guess we're still plugging Leanne into it or Yes, or I'm Leanne gonna be to it. I'm gonna be taking over as a co host temporarily. Um it's a it's a good way to get the original co host back because uh I, I like to ruin their show apparently. Hey, look at we got we got a few grunts and groans about the hubby on this show with his, you know, snappiness and <laughs> you know how he is. So uh, so I absolutely respect the fact that I don't have the personality, the wit so much that Mike has on Leanne to it. Uh, so they're going to want him back. Um, not only that, Mike's going to want himself back when he sees me on there. I think there was a few times he watched the show like, oh my God, I guarantee you he was thinking she ruins, she's ruining it. So, That's not the dynamic that we want for our show. Exactly. <laughs> well, because technically, Noah and I have our own show that we haven't done in a long ass time, but it was um, uh, Women Are From Mars and Men Have a Penis or... Women are from Venus and men have a penis. There we go. There you go. That sounds right. Yeah. So there was, you know, that one that we had and everything. So that was our show. But the goal is, is that I'll go on. I'll do it as long as he needs me to do it um, to kind of. The problem is, is that intellectually, Noah and I, 
don't have the same level per se. So you're going to get a lot of dumbed down answers from me and things that I don't understand. I'll be the first to admit it, you know. Uh, so it, that that's going to be the hard part. Uh, Reverend will be joining us on one of the episodes. I know the hubby's really excited for that. He doesn't know that you're going to make it this Friday yet because he's camping right now. So <laughs> if he I'm survives hoping, this weekend. Unless something comes up, that's what I'm hoping to do. It was just this weekend we had stuff planned and I oh, didn't yeah. want to like necessarily, you know, tap into that. But um, as of right now, I don't think we have the next episode of this, which by the way, the next episode of this show will be the Candyman movies. Oh, yay! Um, um, but I, I don't, it's not going to be next week when we record that. I think it'll be the week after. Yeah. Correct in that thinking. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the Candyman yeah. movie is going to be interesting because I was not allowed to watch that as a kid. So I just never finished watching it. I just remember a very dirty, filthy bathroom scene. Yeah, there's a lot of dirty, filthy everything because it's in the ghetto and all that. The yeah. first movie's really good. Second movie's not bad. Third movie's trash, which will be my Attack of the Bees. Yeah. And the remake, if you want to watch it, go right ahead. I'm just telling you it turns into woke trash in the uh. last few minutes and pisses me the fuck off. Basically, the entire you go through this entire movie, they set up the lore of how there's different candy men throughout time. There are all these black men that's been wronged in certain ways. Perfectly legit, makes sense. Fits in with the Candyman. I love everything about it. Love how they portray the Candyman in that movie because he's not the same one from the first one, and they they even give you a reason why. But then they get to the last few minutes of the movie, and it's literally just like white cops kill black men. We want you to know this before you walk out of the theater. That's all. This uh, the rest of this movie was bullshit. Just remember, white cops always kill black. It's like oh okay. Oh, fuck everybody who made this goddamn movie. I mean that that. I, that was you didn't have to i mean it's the most uh egregious use of like just social commentary i've ever seen in a film like i mean the first candy man has that commentary there because of his history like the slave owners and how they you know what they did to him and all that that uh, caused tony todd's candy man and but it's worked into the lore of the film and it's and it serves its purpose yeah they literally hammer you over the fucking head with this white cop Oh, black God. man nonsense the end of it so um so if you want to watch it uh, just i would shut it off before it ends honestly i'm just telling you if you do uh, i'm not going to rewatch it because it pissed me off <laughs> uh I, I, and I, I was digging the movie up into that point i was yeah. like this is some good lore and i don't just, know yeah they just fucked it all over it took a turn on you um, kind of like that movie there's, or the book that they made me read in high school, uh, the jungle by Upton Sinclair, uh, entire book. You're reading about this like family of immigrants. And I want to say they're from Poland or something like that, but they're in like the meatpacking part of like Chicago during the, like, you know, the, the, before they had established like guidelines for how food had to be, <clears> you know, <throat> like kept and, you know, working re- OSHA regulations and all that. Yeah. And, uh, all this terrible stuff happens. This family, you're like living with them moment to moment, good slice life stuff, really well done. The last, I want to say 15 pages of the book is nothing but like one of the, the main head of the household, the father, after he's lost everything, walks into some kind of like socialist, 
the like town hall that they're having in the middle of Chicago. And the last 15 pages is him listening to some socialist guy on a stage go on and on about how great socialism is. And that's how the goddamn book ends. And I'm like, this book was fucking trash. <laughs> like, I mean, they, like you had this whole narrative and they just kill it so that you can listen to this guy go on. Socialism would take care of all the problems in current America. If we would only listen to that and get rid of capitalism because capitalism, it's like, shut up <laughs> i'm serious that's how the fucking book goes yeah and that's how and that's how this fucking movie goes i mean candy man the remake so there you go um but yeah i hope to be on land in or land to it uh whenever we uh have a chance and kind of i don't know what i i feel like doesn't know just like kind of do things like off the just off the cuff or whatever does he have like show notes planned or anything no he never has show notes planned they do off the cuff so that's gonna be interesting he used to do that to me too on uh women are from venus and men have a penis because it would just be like let's talk about some bullshit and i'm like oh fuck i just had to roll (laughs) with it well, hopefully I can roll with it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm used to like having detailed notes yeah. for our podcast, so I, I have something to go off of. Well, to be fair, when we had Avion, when we did the, um, we did a, 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 it was quite a long episode, but it was basically like, um, I'm trying to think what the topic was, and AV came in. She she came in at least with her own, but basically, um, oh God, why can't I think of what it is right now? Things Conspiracies. Oh yeah, did she she did the episode with conspiracies yeah, on we it? Did okay, it, yes, and that was a while ago. Um, it was before they got kicked off the air. So if you're gonna catch that, it's on like Spotify or whatever, you know. But yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, it's it's not on YouTube obviously anymore. But yeah, that was pretty cool. So we did that. Um, but yeah, she she did really well with it. She did. We didn't have any notes. Uh, she did have a few things prepared that we were able to pull up on the computer. And kind of show on the screen. So there was that. So it worked. Literally, the show's called Lean Into It. So all we really have to do is kind of lean into whatever he's fucking bringing up. Oh, I got you. Just kind of like whatever yeah. he mentions, just kind of go with it. Yeah. Um, This is a total tangent related to that in a, in a weird roundabout way. It has nothing to do with what we just discussed. Um, I know you've not been doing like any of the Rayman stuff because of the of some, you know, getting, you know, like rescheduled all the time. Have you kept up with any like the Star Wars stuff? Because I know that was the main thing you did on there. Like, have you kept up with any of the new shows? Like, Yeah, if you used to... I have. Um, but there's not, they don't, okay, so they used to post things specifically to specific RSS feeds. So they have an RSS feed for Star Wars. They had an RSS feed for Star Trek. They had basically Rain Man had its own. And it feels like things are a lot more condensed now. Uh, so everything's kind of being posted. Well, if I go to Patreon, it's basically I try to catch what I can catch. I've caught a few of the Star Wars ones. No, it, I mean, like, do you personally, did you watch any of the Star Wars oh, stuff yourself? The show, no, no. Because yeah. <laughs> I know you were keeping up with it pretty regularly because you were going to be on the shows, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you kept up with it after you stopped, like, podcasting about it. No, there, I do want to watch the, uh, the, fuck, there is one specifically I want to watch, which was basically the Rogue One series. Oh, Andor. Andor. So I do yeah. mean to watch that. I don't have any interest in watching The Mandalorian. Uh, I've heard that new season's Yeah. Kind of I know, know Donny G thought it was okay, but I mean, like, I it, I heard the description of some of the plots, and, like, they took, 
they they made the Mandalorian seem dumber and weaker just so they can make Bogaton stand yes. out more. And I hate I hate when they do that. You can make your female characters uh, just like in this movie. I mean, tying it back in, Tree is not diminished in any way, shape, or form because Ryan, you know Carter uh, suggests things to her like that. She just she takes what he says and like you know and and rolls with it like yeah. You know, and and they they did the opposite of that in the Mandalorian. They they made him dumb so that Bo Katan can come in and rescue him. I hate, I hate when they do yeah, that. Yeah, I hate that they feel like they have to do that. Um, you obviously don't have a strong female lead if you think that you have to do that. Your female lead should be stronger and will seem more wiser if she can overcome any kind of obstacle without have you having to dumb down the male character. Because males yeah, there's going to be that random perception that, oh, men, no more, stronger, blah, 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 this and that. But if you can tie in a female character and make her seem like she's just as good, if not better, on her own because of her own wits, because of her own smarts, etc., then you're, there's going to be so much more respect involved for that female because she, she, you know she probably worked harder, at least in physically. I think, well, I mean, especially, I mean, this season we've seen that. I mean, I don't think people give final girls, they always like to point out, I mean, this is a whole commentary that, I mean, the whole season could wrap up on, be yeah. honest. But they always like to throw out there that, you know, slashers are misogynistic. They always have, like, these screaming females. But you're not really getting into the movies if you're looking at it from that point of view because, yes, there's a lot of women that gets killed in these movies, but the final girl themselves, I mean, overcomes a lot. I mean, uh, more than most men could do in order to come back and get, you know, and get their power back in the movies. And it's like, I mean, and some of the best in the series, you know, in the final girl, you know, genre, uh, Laurie Stroh, Nancy, um, tree. I mean, uh, Sydney Prescott, like they, they earn their, their power by the end of their movies. And they don't, we learn that they don't have to be physically strong to be able to survive as well. They use experience and smarts to stay alive. Their smarts and their willpower to, I mean, to, to survive is the main thing. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's the thing that kills me about some of these portrayals that they have of characters in modern movies of females, because they, they have to make everyone around them seem dumber or weaker in order to make the main character stand out. And, that doesn't make your main character look, you know, uh, strong in any way, shape, or form. That just looks like they had it on, on the whole. Like if they were in a video game, they put it on easy mode and they coasted through. I mean, yeah. Ray Skywalker. I fucking hate the fact that she's called Skywalker because she doesn't earn that name. Uh, she is the. I mean, she earns nothing that no. she gets by the end of that series. She's just so good. I mean, just naturally, <laughs> she's a Palpatine. Don't say that though. That's offensive. She's uh, healing people, the force that nobody else has done in the history of the movies, at least, maybe in the extended lore. But uh, she's, because, uh, I mean, uh, if they could do that, if they could heal people, then they wouldn't have to have those, uh, like, the Darth Vader style, you know, um, uh, life support systems to keep people alive. I mean, you know, if they could just heal people, like, completely like she did toward the end of the movies. You know, having come um, back from <laughs> Disney, you know who you don't see, or you don't see the people flocking to? You don't see the people flocking towards the Rays, or it sucks because they don't have any good female characters out there. You see them flocking to Darth Vader. You see them flocking to the Stormtroopers. You see them flocking to Boba Fett, which is funny. Um, out here... 
whoever the it feels like they have the same guy either that or they just have the, all the guys are told this is what you need to do but i love the boba fett out here because they, they fuck with you if you go to the area where he's at he will constantly fuck with you he'll jump scare you he'll sneak up on you uh he will ruin a photo uh it's it's fucking amazing you know but it's funny because there's certain areas you can go to take pictures with certain characters. There's always a wait for Darth Vader. There's always a wait for Chewie. Ray Skywalker never has a wait. That's I mean, that's what I'm saying though. When you don't earn a character's yeah. like uh, power by the end of the movie, nobody respects them at all. No, and so and also in a movie, if you and I were to watch a slasher. And we had to watch a woman be incredibly dumb and a guy had to step up to be, you know, this amazing thing. I mean, it's not like we don't see something like that, but if she had to be even dumber than usual just to make him look better, we would have called that out too. Oh, 100%. And, like, I mean, if you want to throw out there, like, Ash Williams from the Evil Dead series, like, I mean, they go out of their way to show that, that Ash is a himbo, but he's a competent himbo. Yes. Like, I mean, everyone around him is smarter than him, wiser than him. Well, the himbo? Smart, yeah, well, they're wiser than him. Like, he's he's actually in part three. He's got, like, chemistry, knowledge, and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Book based, you know, intelligence, but like, but he's just literally like, you know, like the the bronze or whatever, you know, the bronze that goes around like, you know, uh, kicking these fucking deadites ass. But like, everybody around him's like actually uh, got more sense than Ash. It's just that, like, you know, but like he when he has to take out the deadites, he does his fucking job. So yeah, he's not, he's not weak at what he does. He's just there's other people. It's better at other things that are around him. <laughs> A himbo. He's totally him. I like fucking that. love it. He is too. Um, but yeah. Anyways, that's weird tangent, but it kind of ties into the movie we discussed. Yeah, in a roundabout way. Well, it's uh, kind of the season for sure because, like, believe it or not, we are we're wrapping up the season here real soon. Yeah, uh, and I mean, we could probably do at least a whole other season on slashers. <laughs> is that the sad part about it? I mean, we've not touched all of them, I'm, but we've got to hit the the major ones. We got to hit Chucky up at one point. Yeah, uh, we still got it. We we've got to do one episode dedicated to Jennifer Love, huge tits, mm-hmm. and uh, and I know what you did last summer because we'll that have to was do a big that. Thing. Yeah, that's that's July according to what we've yeah. discussed. So that'll be cool. Um, and I still feel like we need to probably hit round out. We, we got to give terrifier at least one good like episode before yeah. we, in the season. Cause he is the new slasher. Like, yes. I mean, he really is. Art the clown is the new slasher for the new generation. Like <laughs> for, the, he, for the children. <laughs> think of the children. I think it's very appropriate that our birthdays are both in June and we live in hellscapes for sure. Uh, and Robert England, it's hilarious, just celebrated his birthday oh. in June, which we, you know, I pointed out whenever I sent you that. So we're sharing a birthday with, you know, uh, an icon in the slasher genre too. Yes. Well, happy <laughs> death day. It's been, this was great. This was like a great way to celebrate our birthdays. <laughs> I, I, I figured you'd like the movie. I mean, I, I just fucking love these movies and yeah. I figured that'd be a good, good one to kind of split all this up and kind of give us like a little bit break between some of these yeah. bigger series. Well, so far the uh, horror comedies have been a hit for me. I, we, we have determined that already. You might, I don't know if you've seen the Chucky movies, but you might enjoy them because they're almost horror comedies yeah. all the way through. Uh, have you seen any of the TV series? 
I've started watching the first season, but uh, things happened, and we never we got like two episodes in, and that's kind of where I ended. Oh, okay. It, so. I haven't gotten to watch season one. We had started season two. It's actually pretty decent. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It's, uh, yeah, the only thing is when we get to the uh, uh, seat of Chucky, that that's a weird fucking movie. Yes. And, um, uh, Glenn is a weird fucking character. That's all I can say. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And with that, peace be with you. And with your spirit. Rock bottom! Ooh.